Well, jobs are a big concern this morning with non-farm payrolls just around the corner, but we've already had a big rise in jobs, so yields are rising much higher and equities have taken a dive. But yields are particularly high in the UK and Europe, even though the strong data is all coming from the US. We'll look at why that is and how Australia fares in all of this as well. It's Friday, the 7th of July, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar is down a quarter percent on the DXY this morning, but the Aussie dollar down even more on top of that falling uh, US dollar. It's down almost half a percent to 66.25 US cents, actually getting below 66 at one point. But it's uh, the movement really has been in bonds, massive rises in Europe, 10 year gilt yields up 17 basis points. The same in France, 15 for German bunds, 21 in Italy yields out there up to 4.37 percent. And the US hasn't escaped any of this. 10 year treasuries are up 11 basis points. Australia. Australian 10 years rose 12 basis points yesterday to 4.12%, then another 10 basis points on top of that on futures overnight. These are crazy moves. I'm not sure when we last saw Aussie 10 years uh, this high, the yields this high, 2011 perhaps. No surprise then that there's been big moves down in equities, and this is how much 1.1% off the down, 0.8% down for the NASDAQ, same for the SP 500, 1.6% down for the Russell 2000. All of those were down much more earlier in the session. But take a look at Europe. The Eurostox 50 down 2.9%. The DAX down 2.6%. The FTSE 100 losing 2.2%. The CAC 40 lost more than 3%. Uh, the ASX 200, well, that was down 1.2% yesterday. So it's not going to surprise anyone if that continues this morning with uh, more than 1% uh, down. Futures are suggesting at the open this morning. But oil, even though energy stocks are well down, only minor moves in oil prices. In fact, 0.2% up for WTI and 0.1% down for Brent. Why? Well, let's talk through all of that with NAB's Gavin Friend in London. And obviously, a big chunk of all of these quite considerable moves is down to the job data, isn't it? The ADP came out with almost half a million extra jobs in June, which is well over twice what was expected. Hence the response. Yeah, I think, good morning, Phil. I mean, obviously, the backdrop, you know, as we've been discussing um, uh, over the last few uh, days and weeks, it seems now, it's all about yields. And, you know, this huge drive in yields north, pretty much, you know, in all major economies, absent uh, you know china and uh, japan for obvious reasons um, and the drivers of that have we have we as we've discussed have been sort of broad data resilience especially in the us um central bank messaging you know last week we had the uh, the portuguese um sintra uh, conference from the ecb where powell lagarde bailey really banging the drum on higher for longer um, and a number of within this sort of, you know, uh, backdrop, we've had a number of sell side analysts coming out and talking about 6% for the Fed, 7% potentially for the UK. Um, it's the symbiosis, I think, of all these coming together when you've got central banks urging the market on and then the data comes in to support that. You know, um, it's it's dragging the market towards the path of least resistance, and I think you're right. There's a bit of a frenzy going on here now. You know, certainly in the in the UK yield space, there seems to be a lack of liquidity. Uh, the way these things are moving around, um, you know, it, despite that, we have had some data in the UK which we can talk about in a minute, where you know higher wages, which are, which are obviously feeding that as well. But to your central question, the jolt t- today really came from the ADP numbers. It's a, 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 you know, it's, it's and a the private- jolts as well actually I mean because the the ADP numbers were higher but the jolts numbers as well and anybody but I think she used that word I mean uh, the first of all the April number was revised up a bit to 10.3 million but the, uh, the the main number 
I mean, it did fall, but nowhere near as much as expected. So yeah, it wasn't that, though, that really caught the market, because I think on that jolts number, we would say that, look at the trend, you know, mm. um, it's been declining, it continues to decline. It's fitful, um, but it is nonetheless declining. Um, the job openings are coming down, the hirings are tailing off, the quit rate, actually it jumped two tenths, but again, the trend in the quit rate is tailing off. But no, this is quite a response to ADP. I mean, do we see this ADP number as reliable normally? No, we don't. No, we don't. Mm. And uh, it comes with a huge caveat. I mean, the you know the ADP, even in its old form, b- b- prior to its new methodology ten months ago, you know, had a pretty terrible um, track track record in terms of uh, as a as a predictor of uh, of non farm payrolls. Now, ten months ago, they changed the methodology, um, and so we just don't have a decent reliable data set to basically test the correlation. And yeah. if we look at it. It has undershot non-farm payrolls by as much as 337,000. It has overshot by um, 66,000. So, I mean, the average error is about 60, over 60, 67,000. Um, so, it's it's not a great uh, it's not a great predictor. Um, it, it, in, you know, in all honesty, nobody can say what this means for non-farm payrolls tomorrow uh, today. Right. It, it but just it's making people it clearly making, making however, people nervous, though, isn't it? I mean, that's however, it is the sheer magnitude of yeah. the of the of the size of the rise in gains uh, you know nearly 500,000 jobs in a market use that word frenzy again which is just look at you know just being driven you know in places where people thought we wouldn't go yeah. um, and to that I think um, you know, we, we might say uh, the, the, the the weekly jobless claims numbers, that they kind of returned halfway to where we were going. So remember, three prints of above 260,000, and then last week we dropped to 230,000. We're back up to the mid-240s now. So, so that's kind of suggesting some weakness in the labour market, but then we had the ISM services. Now remember... Yes, and that uh, was... That was yes. Yeah, because that, that first of all was higher than expected, but business activity shot up. But the from fifty one point five to fifty nine point two, but employment again from forty nine point two in contraction to fifty one point fifty three point one, which is yeah. healthily on the rise. So more yeah. jobs in services. Yeah, and of course, you know the backdrop to this is this is the one everybody knows that manufacturing, including U.S. manufacturing, is in recession. The mm. surprise was last month. This particular measure of services, not the S and P measure, this ISM measure, which is the, you know the, the one that people go on, dropped to you know, fifty and change, barely barely expanding. Uh, that was a real you know that was a real shock. And suddenly you get a revision today. Effectively, the new data that comes in at fifty three point nine, almost fifty four. Ah, so it now looks like that shot that dropped to 50 was you know a head fake at least on the current evidence you know and therefore again it's another sign of resilience and just thinking about you know the backdrop to this we had the minutes from the from the fed we talked about on yesterday's show didn't learn an awful lot about that other than that the word resilient or resiliency appeared no less than 11 times in that report it's the it's the, you know it's it, it's it's the word of the month isn't it um to describe that u.s economy and so um you know the market is buying the idea that the Fed is actually right. You know, we've come a long way in the last three months in terms of pricing out rate cuts in 2023, pushing them well, well into 2024. And now even thinking, daring to think about, you know, potential rate rises in early 2024 still coming through 
Um, it's, 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 you know, the, the landscape seems to be shifting and the only thing that's going to shift it back is a break in the data. Whether that comes in yeah. non-farm so, payroll, that'll be a start. Well, I was going to say, you know, so because the expectation is that payrolls are going to fall, the unemployment rate will go down a notch, we'll see average hourly earnings at best not really moving. It was 0.3% growth month on month last time. Obviously, there's this fear that, you know, some of those or all of those aren't going to be uh, as expected. Uh, but if they do come in as expected, are we going to see a bit of a reversal in what we've seen in the last 24 hours? I'd assume so. Well, again, it's going to depend on that headline number. You know, I mean, it's going to have mm. to be, you know, the whisper number is north of, of the consensus. So it's going to have to be, you know, below 200,000 to, to register, I think. The other thing that would uh, solicit a market reaction would be a drop in the average hourly earnings or a jump in the unemployment rate closer to 4%. You know, those are the kind of things that, and then th- these are not impossible. Remember, we had quite a jump in the unemployment rate last month and there was a fair bit of analysis there about um, how this might be beginning to sort of trend higher. We're not seeing it in some of the other data, but, um, you know, it's mm. um, it's it's clearly going to set the tone one way or the other. It's either going to continue what we're going through at the moment through next week, you know, with a fashion, or it's going to say, well, hang on a minute, there is another side to this and there'll be a question mark. Right. So one or the other. Well, so why are we seeing a higher rise in yields in Europe this morning? Because the data that we got, I mean, we we know the ECB is hawkish. There's been no data to suggest, uh, you know, that they are going to be any more hawkish. In fact, retail sales in May for the euro area were flat and, you know, there was a 0.2% growth forecast, so slightly worse than expected. Construction PMIs, see any other bit of data we've had out from Europe, apart from the UK numbers, We'll come to in a second, but th- th- those construction numbers were down in some places, uh, like only forty-one point four in Germany. So really, in contraction uh, everywhere, still well below fifty. So construction really shrinking. So none of that strength that we are seeing in the in the US. So there's nothing there saying, oh, the ECB has got to do more than they anticipated. No, there isn't. I mean, I would say that on the day we did see German manufacturing orders, which rose six point four percent on the month. I mean, that's unusual. Mm. Uh, you know, it's it's it was well above the one percent consensus. It's it's a very volatile right. data series. Half of the jump was due to individual orders, over 50 million. So the major orders, think aircraft, rail, ships, military vehicles, those kinds of things, which were up a whopping 130%. That's not normal. But if we look at if we look at the intermediate, uh, you know, goods, um, you know, they are still falling. And and providing, you know, providing there's not another big jump in the in the June numbers, it looks like, to your point that uh, German manufacturing orders and, and industrial production are basically trending lower. Retail sales, to your point, pretty much unchanged. They're not really going anywhere. None of that suggests mm. that we should have got that kind of move in yields that we're doing. And yet, at the same time, we're not getting much of a repricing for the ECB. So you've got to look at this as a bond market sell-off, right? It's more a bond market sell-off. There is repricing going on in certain areas in the US. Certainly in the UK, we had some um, uh, some high wage numbers which I talked about earlier on today, the Bank of England's decision-maker panel, two and a half thousand medium, small, medium and large companies. Um, they run about a, a month ahead of the ONS numbers that we're going to get next week. So these were for June and it showed that private sector average um, set pay settlements up to 7.1 from 6.7 in the previous 12 months wow. uh, that we saw yeah. in May. So more bad news, if 
you like, not as elevated as on the... Top, on top, uh, again, yeah, on top of that JP Morgan yeah, forecast that we were talking about yesterday. Indeed, yeah. indeed. I mean, you know, let's not get excited about one sell-side uh, analyst report. It's 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 the backdrop. It's that people are daring to think about these things. The the question of the day on Bloomberg was, is is the Fed going to six and is the Bank of England going to seven? You know, and it's so it's, it's exploring um, a dramatic price move in assets a big bond market sell-off and you know where does that go where does that go if we keep mm. seeing data like we're seeing if we don't see a slowdown in inflational wages in in europe uh and in uk if we and profits if we don't see a break in the labor market particularly in the us where do we go first i don't think you know yeah. the, the amount of the amount of ammunition that central banks are throwing at this is enormous and eventually, you know, it, it will be successful. But the question being asked at the moment is, you know, where do we go in the interim? Yeah. And, and to, the, to the message from the central banks, which is even if we start to see these things crack, we want to hold rates higher for longer. And it's that idea which will be whether they can or not will depend on the data in the sort of you know year ahead and particularly labor market data you know that's the thing that's really going to break the central banks yeah. from from that mold if, if unemployment rates start to rise more precipitously then then they're going to have to change but that idea that not only are we going to get a, a terminal rate and then a quick turnaround and lower rates next year it's it's the idea that that that, that perhaps is not the pathway at the moment yeah, higher and longer so and there's a repricing and the, yeah. you know so and i guess australia pays the price for that because uh, we, i mean we've seen much higher yields in australia we've seen the aussie dollar down more than we've seen the us dollar up by quite a margin and not a lot of data we had the trade data yesterday the surplus was bigger than expected i mean normally you wouldn't complain about that unless it uh, showed an economy overheating but there's really nothing to suggest that we saw a sharp rise in uh, non-industrial transport equipment non-industrial transport some people might call that a car uh, which is up 30% month on month. But apparently a, a big chunk of that is backlogs finally being delivered. And there were backlogs because we had that 150,000 instant asset write-off during the pandemic and cars just weren't being delivered. Now they are. So that explains that figure, I guess. But we, but the response that we've seen in the dollar, I mean, that's just... Uh, uh, that's just risk sentiment, presumably, driving the Aussie dollar down. Yes, it is. Um, and it's also, you know, the, the story that we, we, you know, we've been talking about for a while is within that risk complex, it's, it's a growing pessimism on China. You know, China isn't doing what markets expected it to do. There's been a number of sell-side reports coming out in the last few days. One I noted today where Chinese investors are not particularly upbeat on economic stimulus plans and these kinds of things in in china and so therefore you know it just feeds on this idea that it's it's going to be a pretty ordinary recovery there um and you know that that's obviously weighing on the on the renminbi and uh mm. you know there's a direct correlation feed through there to to the aussie and the kiwi as well well so, yeah today household spending for japan uh, they haven't got a problem with the economy running too hard have they their spending was down 1.3 percent in april so we also get the leading economic index for japan today as well we get industrial production for germany for may and uh, someone else worried about jobs perhaps canada jobs were down in may but they are forecast to rise in the june numbers out this evening we also get their hourly rates as well they are out at exactly the same time as the non-farm payrolls number so hopefully that's going to be a pleasant shock a shock that they actually come in as, as expected would be quite good wouldn't it but you obviously will be keeping an eye on the hourly wages there as well and christine lagarde talking in the early hours of the morning as well maybe she'll be able to explain why yields have gone crazy in europe so uh, a busy night tonight lots going on gavin but uh, thanks for uh, taking the time with us this morning 
Cheers, Phil. And the next morning call uh, on Monday morning will be coming to you from Michigan because I'm taking it on the road uh, so a week in the United States. So uh, hopefully it all goes according to plan. And if so, I'll see you on Monday morning bright and early. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Thanks for listening today. Have a great weekend.